Us weirdos have to stick together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. My name is Patch, and joining me is the most wanted criminal on Etheria. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? Um, you know, doing alright. Nothing really different. I mean, gone through my second voice training, uh, voice therapy session uh, just yesterday. Rad. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, not gonna unfortunately have one for two weeks because my trainer is currently going to Hungary on vacation. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she, she gave me enough homework for me to do during this amount of time, just, you know, as more practice, which, I mean, we were, we said we weren't going to, like, really, like, focus on it, but, I mean, here I am just being like, yeah, no, I'm trying it at the moment just for more practice, obviously, for more <laughs> conversational level stuff, and, yeah, I mean, she also gave me her email if I wanted to, like, send her in any questions at all or concerns during the two weeks she'll be gone, but yeah, it won't be too bad, especially since, like, when we continue again, we're going to be moving to Mondays at uh, 8 a.m. before I go into work, so... Or not Mondays, uh, Fridays. <laughs> so, like, the next one we're going to do is uh, on the 1st of July. So it won't be nearly as difficult because I'll be getting up early anyway compared to having to get up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday like I did yesterday. Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, not fun, especially when you also play tabletop games with friends online on Friday evenings and usually go till around midnight just chatting afterwards. That is <laughs> so, not yeah. fun. Ooh. No, not, not so much. It was definitely a case of me, like, once I got home, me being like, I could just literally pass the fuck out. <laughs> I almost did. I almost did. I spent, like, two hours just sitting on the couch just, like, looking at my phone because I was like, I don't really even have the energy to do anything. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> Meanwhile, my one friend was being like, you need another caffeine in you, Chloe. And it's like, I had a caffeine. I had coffee when I got up. And they're like, more caffeine. <laughs> Keep going, you idiot. But meanwhile, I was like, no, I can't do two coffees in a single day. It's not going to be good. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, no, I at least got a decent amount of sleep that night. So, yep. I'm not, uh, as, I wasn't as out of it today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, that, like, if we've been here, like, the last three times being like, what the fuck else has happened in the few <laughs> days between last time and this time? At least we're gonna have, like, what, two weeks or so between recording sessions next because of, uh, your little prior commitment or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah, that's, um, well, that's basically what I've been doing, actually, if, if I can jump into my, uh, week. Mm -hmm. My parents sure. will be arriving here at my apartment uh, tomorrow morning. Oh boy, I didn't realize it was tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and oh, and my sister, they're all coming. And uh, the three of us are going to be, sorry, the four of us counting myself, are going to be in my one-bedroom apartment for the next week. Uh, and so no way am I recording a show or doing any kind of RPG while my so, family's crammed in so here. So, wait, they're, they're staying at your place and not getting, like, a hotel room or something? That is correct. 
Oh jeez, I didn't realize that part either. I knew you said they were going to be around, I didn't realize you meant around all the time. Oh yeah, no, that's why we're doing these in advance. <laughs> huh, that, that, track, that tracks. <laughs> but like, jeez, yeah. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Like, do, I assume you have like, like a pullout couch or like air mattresses or something? Air mattresses, yeah. Although, I'll yeah. admit, I am a little worried. I've never used them with Ziggy around before, and I'm afraid she's going to mm. pop them. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, air mattresses are also just generally, like, not that comfortable long-term like that. Uh, it'll be fine. Like, I mean, like, uh, I mean, well, to be fair, the one that I borrowed from my parents for my friend that, who helped me move, like, had a slight hole in it, so it definitely did drain a little bit of air throughout the oh, night, yeah. <laughs> but it was fine. It was fine for the few... It, I mean, we only needed it for the three nights, like, the two that they were at my old apartment and then the one when we got here between like that first day and when I drove them back to the train station and all but yeah it was uh definitely not that great I mean I, I once spent like three months sleeping on a fucking air mattress Oof. during a time when one of my aunts uh stayed with us for a bit I don't remember the details of why she did but <laughs> because I was the middle child I was the one that got the short end of the stick and had to surrender my room to her Oof. so I slept on a fucking like it was like we had this, like, old, like, air mattress couch kind of thing that we would bring camping with us. And when I say camping, again, I think I've mentioned this before, we had a pop-up trail or camper, not, like, tents or anything. Mm -hmm. Where it was, like, yeah, it was, like, an inflatable uh, couch, essentially, that could, like, unfurl into a bed, basically. And so I was sleeping on that in my parents' room for, like, the three months while she was there. In, I mean, in the end, she did she did gift me uh, a gunpla of, uh, god, which uh, fucking otaku was it from Gundam Wing? Because <laughs> there were like three different otakus that they just always called an otaku in the, anim in the dub of the anime rather than naming them what they actually were of Shenlong, Ultron, and Nataku. <laughs> I think it, it would have been Ultron, because that's like uh, Wufei's second mobile suit. That sounds about right, I think it was that one. But it's like, yeah, you got me a $20 Gundam kit <laughs> in exchange for having fucking control of my bedroom for three months. That's a, that's not a good trade-off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I, I, it's, not, it's not a great thing to have to deal with for even like, and, you know, it's fine for a few days, but I feel like a week is kind of stretching it. Three months definitely not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know. The, the thing that I've been dealing with is that my particular flavor of um, whatever it is I've got going on in here, since I don't have a mm -hmm. solid diagnosis yet, I mm -hmm. basically don't, like, clean at all. I haven't vacuumed in months and you know, just took mm -hmm. out the trash for the first time in this month yesterday. I just... Oh, boy, that's a long time to go without throwing out trash. Yeah, it's fine. I got the space for it. As long oh. as it doesn't smell, it's not a problem. The uh, The issue is that uh, that kicks in really bad when I am about to have guests, so I've spent the past 12 hours cleaning my house feverishly. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a case of, like, the few times that uh, my one roommate's girlfriend has stayed over, she's been, like... And like, all right, once I get home from work, I'm gonna spend the next like three hours cleaning because girlfriend's staying over the first time, and it's like, oh no, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's also a case of like, 
they, they both acknowledge that I do clean a little bit more around here, but also I'm used to it in a sense because I did live by myself for five years, so I was used to doing all this stuff by my own self anyway. So it's like, I mean, I don't know the stuff that's like, oh, there's like a little like splatter of like cooking oil or something on the countertop, I'll clean that. And meanwhile, they're like, Dude, you saw that? And it's like, yeah, I saw that because I like cleaned it. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, stuff like that just happens. But also, like, I mean, they're more out of the apartment at a time than I am, so it's like I'm also around more often to see stuff like that, I suppose. Part of the, like, you know, having, like, no social life here in Connecticut, considering I don't know anybody still, basically, besides my roommates and anybody that they have had over at times. So, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, at least uh, I am going to be going out to... Uh, a pride event, uh, two weeks from this upcoming Saturday, I think it was? I'm pretty sure it's this Saturday, uh, this Saturday the 25th, where it's like, we could kind of actually walk there, now that I think about it, because like, yeah, I haven't gone to like a pride event ever, because I've never really had other people to go with, so, I think Sam and I, and maybe even Austin will come along, because like, even though he's not a queer person, he's still like an ally of ours, so like, he might come along with us too, that thing. Nice. Yeah, gonna be fun. Yeah, that's uh, also because it's it... me the week after my family is here because my partner mm -hmm. and uh, other wife are coming up from Texas to uh, go to Toronto Pride. Hey, weird that it's like working out the same weekend basically for us. <laughs> but yeah, but oh, but uh, because I did not mention it, uh, I kind of got my ass kicked in mini golf when we played that last week. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, well, I got, I, I didn't lose, necessarily, I got third, I got second to last, uh, Sam unfortunately lost, <laughs> like, she had, like, oh god, I'm actually pretty sure Sam had 69 points, so nice, <laughs> like, she was happy about that, so it's like, I won, because I got nice number, but yeah, uh, I mean, it was, like, definitely a case of Lee being, like, not doing great, <laughs> and, like, uh, Sam's girlfriend also didn't do that great either, I mean, Austin, Austin got within, like, three strokes of par, so good for him. <laughs> like, uh, I think he was actually only, like, one off from, like, the lowest score of the day, like, I think the lowest score was, like, maybe two one over par, and he was only three over par. Wow. It was, he got pretty close, yeah. It was, it was a pretty weird golf course, I'm gonna say, because, like, it's, it's one called Matterhorn, it's basically all themed around, like, Swedish stuff. So it's like, I mean, they have like one course that's like, yeah, like there's like the Batterhorn <laughs> mountain on your side and everything. There's one that was just a big like tennis <laughs> court with tennis balls and rackets glued to the floor to be obstacles because like, I guess there's like a famous Swedish uh, tennis player. And like, it just kept playing like Swedish music the entire time. So it was, it was a very interesting golf course. It, it was like very on theme. So it's like, it wasn't bad. It was just interesting <laughs> because of that. <laughs> But like even like the uh the staff all had to wear like uh like is it lederhosen like the like the cla like the kind of like apriony kind of clothes that you think of when it comes to like the ops and whatnot um i mean lederhosen like are like leather uh shorts with overalls attached yeah that's what i'm thinking of so yeah i guess it was that basically <laughs> Like, their, like, uh, work outfits were kind of themed around that, and, like, even said, like, some, like, Swedish phrases at us when we arrived and left and everything. <laughs> so, pr pretty in-depth of that, <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a fun experience. I, I, I was like, well, if I'm shit at mini-golf, I'm gonna blame the fact that I had also just done my weekly injection right before we went mini-golfing. And not totally the fact that I'm just also not good at mini golf in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, no, it was fun. Mini golf is a champion. We, we all. Yeah, no, I mean, is it really though? <laughs> I feel like mini golf is more the kind of game that you ever play with like family or with some friends after like you got a bit drunk or something like that. <laughs> and again, I guess that would mean you'd also be getting drunk on like a weekend afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like there's a weird mood going into this episode. I don't know what's up with this. <laughs> I think it's also just because, again, we've done, like, four pre-recordings now. Or, I guess, three, ever since Shira began. That we're just, like, we've talked so often just in the, like, like a couple days between each recording that we're like, what else do we have to fucking talk about at the moment? Because what's happened in each of our weeks? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Things have been fine. Um... Apart from the whole manically cleaning thing and unable yeah. to do homework, which is becoming an issue again now that we're moving into class. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. I've been taking a whole bunch of CBD because my partner said that that's a thing that works for them, and it turns out it just doesn't affect me. I take like triple doses and don't feel a thing, so. What what CBD? Um, it's the part of weed that doesn't get you high. It's supposed to like relax oh. you or whatever. Gotcha. And uh, showing yeah. showing entirely that I do not know anything about weed because I've never tried any drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an oversimplification, but it's it's the general idea. CBD is the one that's legal to sell because it, it's not weed. It's just allegedly relaxing potion except mm -hmm. to me it is apparently sugar pills <laughs> <laughs> well then uh, I, I mean i kind of expected it if i'm honest i had the same issue with hrt back when i started uh, yeah there is that but also i feel like a lot of people early on in hrt are like this isn't doing a whole lot because you know unfortunately that shit takes time no nah, like even my blood draws weren't i i my my constitution save is too high and I keep passing the ones I want to fail. <laughs> wow, what what a strange uh, constitution saving throw your GM is asking of you to uh, make a save or grow boobs. <laughs> I've heard there's games I mean, like I get, that. I guess, this is true. I mean, I don't know if it's still in 5e, but there was like the, gen the belt of gender change back in 3.5. I don't think it is, no. <laughs> I, I, I'd have to imagine, though, considering that it's, like, <clears throat> I, I mean, in the, like, god, what, two years, like, 20 years between those two editions, like, Wizards of the Coast definitely, like, were like, hey, we should, uh, we should get rid of some stuff, like, frickin' making races have assigned have affinity, uh, alignments. So this way we don't have any race that's, like, always just full, pure fucking evil. <laughs> well... I mean, obviously, obviously fair, there are still some problems, that's but... like, that's even a thing that's changed since 5e began developing. It did not start that way, yeah. so... Oh, okay. Gotcha. And uh, I do want to say about that gender change belt, like, it, it's a cursed item in 3.5. It disguises it sure itself is, yeah. as something else, and then it changes your gender mm -hmm. when you put it on. It's, and you can't take it off, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not cool. Yeah, I... Yeah, no, I remember when that showed up in uh, Order of the Stick, when Roy had to put it on to save Ellen's life from assassins. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I definitely remember... I mean, 
hey, for there was that little bit at least where Robbie's like, yeah, no, I wasn't like necessarily like weaker in this form, but I was I was born a man, so I should stay that way. And it's like, hmm, should you, Roy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that's all. That's also like that that series definitely also had some like worse way worse stuff earlier on like the fact that like people always made jokes about how nobody was sure what gender Varsuvius is when it's like Varsuvius can just be not gender non-conforming and use they them pronouns you don't know <laughs> i mean that's fair i don't know i just like this girdle has been a thing in D&D for a long time so i'm not going to put mm-hmm. the onus on any given webcomic for making fun of it <laughs> Oh yeah, no. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people had before Rich Berlue came along. For instance, uh, in the game Baldur's Gate, you can find one on the corpse of something called a Girdle Ogre. Oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, never played those games. That's fair. I don't... There are a lot of reasons why people like those games. Uh, not for me. <laughs> the uh, top-down isometric thing does not work for me super well in um, D&D games. I want a more character-based thing. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's... Uh, that's D and D news from 1997. Shall we get into our episode? <laughs> sure, sure um. is. <laughs> God, again, such a such a weird preamble here at this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, these episodes aren't going to make it any less weird. So let's go ahead and get into them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my episode this week is season one, episode five, the Seagate. Uh, we open in Brightmoon at another Rebellion Council meeting, because remember, they have these every week. Uh, Angela is just absolutely fed up with Glimmer. She's inviting people to talk, but refuses to allow Glimmer to talk. Um, <laughs> she's... We don't get a reason why she's in this mood, but it seems... I, I don't know if she's just always like this with her daughter, or if Glimmer did something specific, but it feels like it could go either way. I, I feel like this is also just, like, the only uh, emotional state that Angela has at this point in time. <laughs> like, she's she's been dealing with this shit by herself for, like, ten years or so, and she's just like, I don't have it in me to have any sort of other emotional capacity <laughs> these days. That's fair. But, yeah, Glimmer basically just proposes that she, Bo, and Adora should be allowed to continue recruiting princesses, which is something Angela already agreed to, so whatever. Um, yeah, I, I mean, at least they're still in the process of negotiating it, so it's not like it's, you know, because, like, last episode we were like, oh, yeah, she just agreed off camera, I guess, to do this, and it's like, meanwhile, it's like, oh, yeah, no, there's still, like, some kinks to work out about it, I guess. <laughs> that is very true, yes. Um, also, Adora has her jacket back. <laughs> yeah, she's wearing that horde jacket again. Um, mm-hmm. She said she at least when she's walking around has the sword covering the back at least, so you don't see the horde symbol as much. But it's like it's it's still 
when she takes the, the sword off her back, nobody else, like, reacts about the fact that she has a horrid symbol on her jacket. <laughs> yeah, um, I, as the series goes on, I believe we are going to see that the horde symbol is removed from the jacket, but she still keeps wearing the same outfit, so it's not... <laughs> Oh, gotcha. Like, she doesn't stop wearing the Horde uniform. She just takes the patches off, so to speak. <sighs> it's... I don't know what her deal is. There are other coats. You would think that there is at least a tailor in all of Bright Moon who could make her new clothes. This way she stops having to walk around in Horde clothes, even if they don't have the insignia anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Yeah, so uh, Angela basically says, no, you can't recruit any more princesses. Uh, her logic is that the former princesses chose to leave the Alliance to protect their own lands, and thus the new ones shouldn't be bothered. Uh, this is dumb, and I think it's obvious why she is losing this war. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty much. Uh, Glimmer says that uh, anyone trying to take Bright Moon by sea has to pass through this Selenius Seagate, a huge magical gate that essentially prevents passage uh, to inland rivers. But uh, the map that they show is like a 3D map, and it totally doesn't agree. On that map, you can just sail around the sea gate. I don't know what this is supposed mm -hmm. to protect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, maybe, a, maybe a more direct route, like maybe the alternate route to go around is like very perilous or that something. That could be. But, yeah, so uh, Princess Mermista is in charge of it because her father retired, and I can't help but he retired in the middle of a war. <laughs> My dude. Yep. He might just be really old. That's possible. We never hear anything about Mermista's mom. So uh, I actually kind of had a theory here because, like, we hear talk that the former princesses left the princess alliance, right? Something bad happened, and they all chose to mm -hmm. leave. But we never yeah. hear a word about Mermista's mom. So my theory here is that uh, her dad is a trans man, and he didn't want to be a princess anymore. Oh, yeah, no, totally, yeah. He, re he retired by coming out of the closet and starting HRT. Exactly, yeah. And then once he was a man, he wasn't a princess anymore, so no more powers. <laughs> mm -hmm. And his daughter had to do it. Um... Uh, I just got real distracted. Uh, Angela doesn't want this to happen still because it's a dangerous journey, which, like, come on, lady, the horde is dangerous. But since She-Ra is here, Angela tentatively agrees on the condition that there is no violence or collateral damage, as if that is ever going to be the case when She-Ra is involved. Um, after the credits, the party arrives at a tavern in Seaworthy, and I did just call them the party because they're being a party right now. The best friend squad arrives. I mean, we we, we have already established that the party is two warlocks and, uh, like, an artificer, so yeah. <laughs> and, uh, this tavern is inhabited by a bunch of fish people doing stereotypical pirate things, like drinking and fighting over card games and dancing to concertina music, and... Bo is just immediately entranced. He loves pirates. Uh, mm -hmm. but... There's also just a fucking bunch of uh, Warder Genasi and Tritons in this bar. <laughs> <laughs> just so many aquatic D&D races hanging out. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with Bo on this. He's thrilled to meet pirates, but Glimmer just shoots him down, reminding him that they're only here to hire a sea captain, and 
Adora suggests that no one here is qualified to sail a ship, and I just... You spent your entire life in the Fright Zone. There's no water in the Fright Zone. Shut up, Adora. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, d you don't know anything about boats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Glimmer asks the buff lady bartender for help finding a captain, and just immediately falls in love. It's written all over her face. But the buff lady bartender just points off into a quarter and walks away, so... If we're going to ship this, we got to do it without her name. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, in this corner, there is a daring rogue named Seahawk. And when Glimmer asks if he wants to apply for the job of taking them to um, uh, uh, Solinius, he just laughs it off. Uh, Adora gets all indignant, though, insisting that he isn't qualified because of his name. Which, like, true, you aren't a captain just because you have C in your name. But again... You're landlocked. You've never met a sea captain. You don't know how to judge him. Um, mm -hmm. He does a little Han Solo posturing, talking about how he did this thing in 20-whatevers. It's not parsecs, but you get the idea. And uh, they, these brags really don't matter. They're never going to come up again. He could just be making things up. Um, Bo immediately wants to hire him, but when he gives his fee, uh, they cannot afford it, which is impressive. Don't know how this guy gets any work if princesses can't afford to hire him. I, I think it's just more that, like, they just don't have the money on hand. Like, if they were able to get the money from Angela, they probably would be able to. But also, Angela would definitely tell them, no, fuck you, this mission's over. That's fair. <laughs> um, I, I also just have now finally actually properly noticed that Adora's sword does not have, like, a scabbard or, like, any sort of harness. It just attaches to her back with magnets, that I guess. That is correct. <laughs> the sword of protection just sticks to her. <laughs> yep. It's, it's a very uh, Halo uh, weapon, in a sense, because, like, yeah, at least in those it makes sense. I mean, they are, like, usually metal weapons, and you're a big metal man. <laughs> but Adora's just a human lady. Maybe that's <laughs> why she keeps wearing this jacket. Maybe it's got magnets sewn into it. <laughs> it it, it uh, gives her at least a little bit of protection from, like, killing weapons, <laughs> but it, because it has, like, magnetized bits. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, uh... Seahawk mentions that uh, he makes this trip basically all the time and how he knows Mermista personally. And at this point, Adora gets fed up with him. She feels like he's just making stuff up and posturing and sits down across the table and challenges him to an arm wrestle, saying that if he wins, they'll leave him alone, and if not, he has to take them for free. Uh, he is at least intelligent enough to realize that this is a bad idea, but he does it anyway because he's a prideful dude. Um... He looks like an adult. He like he doesn't look like a teen the way the rest of these kids do. Yeah, but... yeah, no, yeah, no. He definitely looks like he's like a thirty year old yeah. man. But he sure doesn't act like that. Is the thing I don't know what his deal is. Nope. <laughs> um, Who knows? He definitely. I just have to say, I also see a lot of my friend's old uh, storm sorcerer from our D and D campaign in this guy, <laughs> where it's like, yeah, it's like very much the like boastful idiot who will take challenges even when it's like you definitely do not have the ability nor the skills necessary to do this challenge. You are gonna lose, my guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, Adora wins, obviously, because of course she does, and. He just kind of plays it off, saying that he let her win, and since he was going to Selenius anyway, he might as well take them, but upstairs, one of the uh, Shadow Spies that Shadow Weaver released last episode overhears this, and Shadow Weaver sends Catra to 
have one last chance to get Adora back, which Catra points out is against Tordak's orders, but uh, Shadow Weaver just asks yep. if she's going to tattle on her, which, yes, obviously, Catra hates you. <laughs> yeah, like Catra hates you, and also you had your leader telling you not to waste your time on this. Yeah, like, 100%, this is just handing Catra leverage. I don't know what her plan is here. Um, but yeah, she's being sent with another Force Captain, uh, Scorpia, who is immediately the cutest person on the show. She's just the sweetest. Though she is big on hugging people without asking permission, so that's kind of a bummer. But other than that, she's great. Yeah, she really should listen to what people are telling her with that and, like, actually agree with them. Yeah. Because it's like, she's doing these hugs non-consensually. Yeah, it's, it's bad. But they are sent out on a clanky old kind of Fire Nation-looking hoverboat, which Scorpia is just thrilled about. She loves the ocean and being out at sea and miles away from land, but uh, unsurprisingly, Catra is not a fan of water, and being surrounded by it freaks her out big time. And also, she gets seasick. Um, <laughs> back at uh, Seaworthy, the Best Friend Squad board the Dragon's Daughter 3, which is Seahawk's boat. I do want to say, it kind of sticks out of the water... Like, the rudder goes down into the water. The rest of the boat just levitates. I do not know how or why, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really just, uh... It's because, like, they have fucking magic in this world, so they're like, the boats have to be special and different. Yeah, like, the only part of this boat that touches the water is the rudder. And, yeah. um... He explains that this is the... I think I already said the name of the boat, didn't I? I just repeated myself. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you did. You did say the name yeah. of the boat. Yeah, but it's the Dragon's Daughter Three because the first two sank because uh, he set them on fire uh, because it was an adventure. That's going to be a recurring theme with this guy. That's the one thing exactly. he cares about. Uh, when, exactly. When you're an adventurer, when in doubt, set set something on fire. <laughs> that usually solves all your problems. Yep. Uh, so he does want them to do chores on the boat, at the very least, since they are getting a free ride, which is fair. And he's about to sing a song to teach them how to do that, when he notices that Bo has apparently done something. Uh, the mainsail was not secured, so Bo went ahead and did that. And, uh... This dude is just... Seahawk is so bad at sailing. I don't know what to tell you here. Yep. He, he claims he has picked the sailor background, but he actually hasn't. <laughs> Like, I, I I believe that he sort of knows how to sail a boat, right? He, he definitely has some skill with it later in the episode, but at this point, he's just not... He didn't tie his mainsail. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like one of the most important things, making sure the sail is secured so it doesn't go flying off into the sea. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he's he's very impressed that Bo noticed to do this and goes to ask Glimmer to man the crow's nest, intending to teach her how to climb rat lines, which is like playground stuff, you know? It's just netting. But uh, mm -hmm. she just teleports up there. And uh, I do also want to point out, there's not a crow's nest on this ship. She's just standing on top of the mast and holding on. Yep, sure is. <laughs> that is not a crow's nest. No. <laughs> um... Once this happens, uh, Dora approaches, saying that she unfurled the jib, which Seahawk claims he could not do by himself. Which, that's bad also. 
unfurling the jib is generally pretty easy. But I do want to note, this boat does not have a jib, so I don't know what Adora unfurled. <laughs> Adora knows one sailing term, and she decided to use it to test Seahawk, and then found out this guy is also a fucking liar when it comes to sailing. <laughs> Very plausible. I'd, honestly, yes, I'd believe that. <laughs> uh, it is at this point that Seahawk realizes that they don't seem to need him, except for his map, and is correct. And he gets a little down about this, but then he sings a song about himself to make himself feel better. He claims that it is a I shanty, but it is distinctly not a shanty. <laughs> mm -hmm. I also like how he calls him strangely overqualified when, meanwhile, in the very first episode, we were... Well, I guess it is mentioned in the second episode, but, like, I mean, two of these three characters were very much admitting, like, we are terrible at trying to restrain a prisoner we are definitely not qualified <laughs> at all for this but strangely overqualified for making a boat go <laughs> also also i i guess Bo got to uh, a level up where he got an asi so he took skills just to be able to get proficiency with a musical instrument because he does just straight up have a violin now yeah that's new and different but yeah mm -hmm. this is like Everything Seahawk does has a veneer of oceanness on it, but none of it actually is. And th the thing that bothers me about the shanty is that, like I say, it isn't a shanty. It is a sea song, certainly, but a shanty is a specific mm -hmm. thing, and that's not what this is. And nobody calls yeah. him on that, so it feels like that this is meant to show, at the very least, some competence, you know? To be fair, do any of the others you know what sea shanties would or wouldn't be anyway? I assume Bo does. He's Adora, got a Adora definitely he's does not. Along. True, but Adora and Glimmer definitely would That's not. That's fair. Um, yeah, so... Uh, oh, also, this is a I'm trans song. Like, there's specifically a line in it about how some people think of him as a man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Definitely noticed that, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Afterwards, uh, well, there's a commercial break, and after that, Glimmer realizes from checking the map that she took from Seahawk earlier that they are just way off course. Before she spots Seahawk and Adora arm wrestling again, they're seriously like 20 feet away from her. She's not super observant. Um, she's pretty mad by this and points out that they are heading towards a ship graveyard, but Seahawk reveals that this is what he wanted all along, because there is a beast here called the Serpent of the Sea, which, uh, super original name, guys, and, uh, mm -hmm. he wants to fight this thing to show off to them, because he's feeling insecure about not being good at boats. Of course, uh, Adora goes all She-Ra and just dive bombs it and takes it out pretty quick. <laughs> And immediately dies because she forgot that she is wearing heavy armor while jumping into the sea. All that disadvantage figures from a Jackadora is going to get you killed. <laughs> nah, she's fine. Listen, she just turns back. Like The second time she bobs up to the surface, she is Adora again. She's not She-Ra, so clearly she knew she had that, some. That is true, yeah. I didn't actually catch on to that until you mentioned it. <laughs> but still... Don't jump into the water when you have heavy armor. <laughs> Even some medium armor, you don't want to do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so he's frustrated and disappointed and cut down that She-Ra beat this sea monster. And Glimmer is absolutely the maddest we've seen her. She's starting to resemble her mom a little bit. And 
you know, he wasted their time for his pride. <laughs> and we cut over to the Horde tugboat, where they have arrived at the Seagate blocking their way. Uh, Catra has never heard of this, and gets mad at Shadow Weaver for not mentioning that there was a Seagate. <laughs> but Scorpio says that this was covered in Force Captain Orientation, which Catra uh, didn't even know was a thing. I suspect this is Shadow Weaver sabotaging her again by not telling her to go to training. <laughs> oh yeah, no, totally. Um, Catra does get up and insists that they're going to find a way through that gate, but given that her entire crew is five people and three of them are the Horde dorks, I think that's unlikely. Um, mm -hmm. It was also in this scene when Catra's like on the railing that I actually finally noticed she doesn't actually wear shoes. Oh yeah, no, she's barefoot all which, the time. Which makes sense. Which makes sense because like she's a cat person and she's like very agile. It's just that I guess the like the zoom in or whatever is like me being like, oh yeah, she doesn't wear shoes. Huh. The thing that really drives me nuts about Catra's design is that um, so her leggings, she's got I think I, I don't remember what the word is, but they're like it, it's like the legging that it's the legging that goes underneath the foot, but it's not covering all the foot. Yeah, yeah it's like a, a cattle hook. I think it is. It's supposed to go around a cowboy boot to keep your boots on while you are riding. And she just wears those on her bare feet. It's horrible. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody in the fright zone knows what fashion is yeah. at all. Yeah, that's why cowboy boots have heels, is so that those um, can hook over them. Right. Uh, da, 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 da. On the other side of the gate, the best friend squad plus Seahawk arrive in Selenius to find it abandoned. There is one singular guard who runs out to meet them and demands to know why they're here, and when they say they want to see Princess Mermista, Seahawk butts in, telling the guard to name drop him and that she'll be happy to see him. She is not. <laughs> uh, Seahawk, this entire time he's in this scene, is just aggressively trying to woo Mermista, but she is pretty apathetic and having none of it, and indeed just having a conversation with Glimmer right over his head. Um, apparently her dad told her that the Old Princess Alliance was a disaster, and uh, she asks the butler for snacks, as it turns out that guard from before is also the butler. There is no one here because everyone ran away when the gates started to fall apart. And mm -hmm. she doesn't know why that's happening, and says that if the Horde attacks again that they're dead, but kind of treats it like a minor inconvenience. She's very apathetic about all this. Glimmer does ask if Mermista will join the Princess Alliance, and she says no, pointing out that Bright Moon has never helped her. And also the Princess Alliance failed the first time, and also these people brought Seahawk here, which... gross. <laughs> How good they yeah this is why i was feeling so weird about seahawk apparently he and mermista used to date but like he's just the worst in a relationship apparently like challenging bouncers mm -hmm. to duels and setting the gondola in the tunnel of love on fire but like he's a full-grown man and she's like 16 yep. and he also does just like straight up like lay down in her lap even when it's like they're now exes, and again, he's like twice her age. Yeah. This is really weird. The only thing mm -hmm. I can assume is that Seahawk is supposed to be younger than we're perceiving him, but it's hard for me to see that. Yeah, that, I'm curious now if I can find his name, or his, not, not his name, his age on the wiki. 
Thanks for telling me he's chaotic good, apparently, show. Oh, so really? Yeah. Myself. Hmm. <laughs> uh, it does not list an age for him anywhere. It says that his birthday is August 4th, but doesn't say his age at all. I have on the heatman.org forums, according to a member of staff, he is meant to be late 20s to early 30s. Yeah. <laughs> not great. Yeah. I don't know. He, there's something up with this guy. <laughs> he definitely acts like a teenager who grew his mustache early, but physically, maybe he's got Jack disease. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're just not going to think about this anymore. I'm sorry. It's too creepy. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, Adora notices some first ones writing on the walls, which explains the Seagates because the first ones built that. Seems like they built pretty much everything. Uh, this tells her that the gate is losing connection to the runestone which powers it. Uh, the runestone of Selenius is the pearl, by the way, but uh, nobody actually mentions that in this episode. Yeah, I did notice that. And, um, yeah, the reason it's failing is probably because it's losing that connection, and she thinks she can maybe fix it, so Glimmer asks Mermista to consider joining the Alliance if Eldor can do that, which is a good ask. I like it. And her condition mm -hmm. is yes, if Seahawk leaves. <laughs> so they send him Again, out to wait with the boat. She hates this dude. Hmm? She just hates this dude so it's much. True. She despises him. Um, up at the Seagate, they've got a little floating platform, and uh, Adora turns into She-Ra, at which point Mermista falls which... in love immediately. <laughs> We didn't cover it either earlier, but they skipped the transformation sequence in this episode That's twice. That's true, they did. I didn't and then even again, notice that. And then, and then they partially skip it next episode because they show some clips of it in between apparently Adora beating the shit out of some rocks. <laughs> huh. So, what the fuck show? I, I decided upon this stupid joke about it for our, like, Crimes Corner equivalent. And then you don't even leave it in all the episodes to the point where we're at a 50-50 uh, transformation repeat sequence to episode <laughs> number at this point oh, already. That is wild. I didn't even realize. Um, yeah, no, I realized it because they were like, wait, they showed this like all the fucking time and they skipped it twice in this one episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so they are up on like a floating platform where... Uh, so when Adora turns into She-Ra, you can see on Mermista's face. This is the first thing she's cared about. She immediately falls in love with She-Ra. Yep, she, just... Again, as established, everybody is gay and trans in this show all the time. There's so many gay people here. Um... <laughs> hey, I mean, it's a show made by Andy Stevenson, who's married to... Molly uh, Oxtertog. Molly Oxtertog, yeah. So it's like, it, it tracks. <laughs> Um, yeah. She uses the Sword of Protection to start powering up the gate, which... I don't know how the Sword of Protection connects the gate to the runestone, but I guess it's doing that. Um, it's very slow, and if someone distracts her even a little, her concentration breaks and she has to start over. She's going to use a lot of spell slots on this, this episode. Um, exactly. She, you need to get Warcaster, Adora. It's such a good feat for any primary caster. <laughs> 
Maybe not so much actually warlocks though, because warlocks, uh, you know, they have like some concentration spells, but definitely not as much as other classes. Yeah, plus they got an invocation that does that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, like, yeah, you are you are definitely a level two warlock at this point. Why do you, like? I mean, yeah, there's like a lot of eldritch invocations to get early on that are good, but it's like you should have considered eldritch mind. Yeah, especially if you're a, a melee warlock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she definitely doesn't have Eldritch side because she doesn't understand any shit about magic still at this point. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she took devil. Maybe she took well, devil. She's side, got so eyes she of the Runekeeper, though. Oh, that yeah, that's true. She does. <laughs> <laughs> one one of the uh, invocations that's probably the least useful because Warlocks get comprehend languages. <laughs> it's like yeah, you're using a spell slot, but you're not taking up one of your eight invocation slots doing that. <laughs> uh, okay, backing out of D and D. Uh, we we are just always going to make DV comparisons in this show every easy. single episode. It really is. Uh, so up from this floating platform, Glimmer spots Seahawk. He's packing up and getting ready to leave. Uh, she teleports down to yell at him, but actually he says it's for the best because he's only holding them back. He's right. Um, there's a little bit of confusion here. He says that he... Before he came here, he used to have friends and a crew and people who liked him. But ever since he came here, no one takes him seriously. And I don't know where he was and where here is. Does he mean that in Seaworthy people respect him? It's very confusing. I think he's, like, trying to, like, say, like, before he came to Seaworthy, like, where he was before, that's when things were different. That makes sense. I just don't have any conception of where he is from. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah. Glimmer commiserates, and she says she gets it, because it's, like, her official title, much like She-Ra is the Princess of Power, Glimmer is the Princess of Sparkles. No one takes that seriously. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And Again, it, 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 like apparently Glimmer didn't take an agonizing blast for all her Eldritch Blasts she keeps using because, I mean, her Eldritch Blasts just keep bouncing off people. She clearly just keeps rolling ones. You should definitely get that uh, invocation because you'd be doing at least another plus three, if not plus four, per Eldritch Blast, Glimmer. <laughs> it's such a useful invocation to take. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, the running joke in this episode is that no one gets her name right either, so I don't know if her charisma is that high, because, like, clearly she's not yeah, making she's, an impression. She's, she's a very interesting warlock build if she doesn't have high charisma <laughs> but keeps using only Eldritch Blast and nothing else. <laughs> well, she uses Misty Step. Oh, actually, I guess, no, it's more like she's using, like, a variation of Thunder Step, like, home rule thing, where she can take an extra person, <laughs> but she can't actually deal any damage around. Seems like, yeah. Yeah, but uh, although I feel like I feel like it's actually more theme that it would be Misty Step compared to Thunder Step, because <laughs> like Glimmer is definitely not level five. She does definitely does not have third level spells yet. No, but she also teleports like a lot, so she's clearly yeah. not pure warlock. Maybe she's uh, well, she might have Fey Touch to get a free one per day. Mm. I think it does get her a free Misty Step per day. Maybe, but I don't think that's that. That doesn't seem like it's enough. Um, hmm. Well, yeah, though, definitely not. Yeah, so uh, maybe she has a ring of spell storing that she just fills with misty steps, <laughs> which maybe would only be two more, but still. <laughs> um. 
She does say that he still does have friends and crew because it's them, which is blatantly untrue. They hate him. <laughs> uh, but back at the gate, Bo spots the Horde ship, which fires a laser. Um, this is a different laser than we've seen before because it is crank-operated. I don't know what the deal is with this laser. <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. Um... Catra immediately spots and recognizes She-Ra and tells Scorpio to keep heading toward the gate at full steam before just running off. I guess the implication here is that she's parkouring off some of the rocks in here, but, it, like, we don't see what happens. She just runs off screen yeah, no. to the <laughs> other half of the boat, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, like, she just appears next to Adora really yeah. soon. Adora needs more time to finish fixing the gate, so she asks Bo and Mermista to keep the horde busy. Uh, Bo handles pretty much the entire horde team by himself. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. But, he does actually fire a regular-ass arrow at a person. That is true, yeah. Admit admittedly, it's just Kyle, so he doesn't actually kill Kyle. He just pins him to a wall, but he still actually used a regular-ass arrow. Yeah, like, he's doing really well in this episode. Yeah. Uh, also, for some reason, when I was writing my notes about this episode, I kept calling him Keith and not Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's because Kyle is not a character. <laughs> yeah, so he, he basically knocks these three down, and then the boat starts to be battered by large waves. Mermista has turned into a mermaid. This is how you know she is trans. The name is too on the nose. She must have chosen it herself. Um, exactly. The other thing she can do is control water, and she uses it She's she's just waterbending. She uses it to start throwing goons off the ship. Yeah, like like I like I said, tons of water genasi in this episode. She's one of them. Even though she's like a little bit more like a triton, but tritons don't get control water, I don't think. <laughs> Although I'm also working off my memory of what genasi get. I think they get control water as a cantrip for water genasi. Uh, maybe, but uh, control water doesn't oh, do this. They, they, Okay, no, they get shaped water as a cantrip, and then when they get to third water, they can cast Creator Destroy Water. So, not 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 exactly. Yeah, that's, but close that's still not what this is. Um, so I was going to talk about this later, but we can talk about it now at least. Uh, Mermista in this show has two powers: she can turn into a mermaid, and she can control water. Uh, in the '80s show, she had a third power, which was that she could talk to fish. She was just Aquaman back then. <laughs> <laughs> um okay yeah huh tritons actually can get wall of water at fifth level from their racial stuff but that's wall of water that's not what she's doing it is not <laughs> but they can talk to simple uh, they can communicate simple ideas with beasts that can breathe water so maybe original mermista is a triton <laughs> and current mermista is like a home ver a home version of a water genasi maybe um, yeah, uh, after Bo beats up the, the, uh, the horde goons, uh, Scorpia just picks him up and throws him straight into the boat's propeller. She's... She sure does try to kill this yeah, guy. She's yeah, she's been a sweetie up to this point, but this is straight up, the, uh, like, a solid murder attempt. She's really the first person in the show to actually try to do a murder. Like, a full-on murder, yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Seahawk manages to swoop in and catch him before he falls into the propeller, and I'm not sure where this swinging rope is anchored, but wherever it is, it's sturdy. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah, I also noticed that, but who, 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 yeah, nobody nobody thinks about that stand stuff when they're making, like, pirates <laughs> shows like this. <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, the distraction team regroups on the Dragon's Daughter 3, but I'm not entirely sure how it got through the gate, because it was on the other side of the gate a moment ago. But, uh, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> they don't. It's a magic boat. It floats. It can maybe go underwater temporarily. <laughs> they don't super know what to do at first, but Glimmer does have a plan. Uh, she needs Seahawk to set his boat on fire, which he agrees to immediately because that's him. Um, <laughs> the Horde grunts open fire on the gate using that crank powered cannon again, while Katra just hops on up there to bother Shira and distract her. Uh, Shira asks how they found her, but Katra mostly just makes fun of her, calling her dumb for thinking she could get away and making fun of her tiara and also just sitting on the sword, which Adora is holding straight out in front of her. That is some muscle power. Yeah, she she somehow does not realize that Katra is right on the sword until Katra starts talking somehow. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Katra asks again why she won't come back and what's changed and... When Adora reiterates that she will not go back to the Horde, Catra just starts beating the crap out of her, and since Adora can't oh, fight yeah. back because mm -hmm. of the gate, this is really awful, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, she does straight up uh, scratch her across the face and everything. The scratch goes away, like, in the next shot or whatever, but she does also just fully suck her in the stomach, which, like... Real fucked up. I mean, Catra uh, is, is putting to use that, uh, like, 1d4 plus dex uh, unarmed strike that Tabaxi gets. Mm, she's a monk. Oh, <laughs> um. uh, yeah, no, she totally would be a monk. Maybe she's, like, a monk rogue or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, um, so, like, Catra has she on her knees with her claws around her throat <laughs> talking about... Oh, her. wait, no, hmm? I... I forgot, it's 1d4 plus strength. You can't actually use your dex to use the cat claws feature for Tabaxi. That's real dumb. <laughs> Tabaxi get a plus two dex. Why is it their strength modifier? <laughs> Whatever, maybe she's also somehow swole as fuck, even though we don't never really see her being muscular or anything. <laughs> um, yeah. And so with, with She-Ra in this vulnerable position, Catra starts to talk about how weak she is and how she can't believe that Adora left for a dress-up and a light show and... This is when she gets waterbended away. Uh, Mermista is below, and Bo is just riding her like a horse, which, in my opinion, is disrespectful, but I guess if she's into it, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, how's Bo gonna get around quickly anyway, if he's in the water? <laughs> no, only certain races get a swim speed. <laughs> well, a swim speed that's not, like, 10. <laughs> the, uh, the sea gate is really starting to fail. There are big holes in it now, but... As the Horde ship approaches, the Dragon's Daughter banks around and starts heading right for them before bursting into flames. Uh, Glimmer and Seahawk are on board, but uh, she teleports Seahawk away, and they just holdo maneuver the crap out of these guys. <laughs> uh, since the enemy combatants are essentially dealt with, they're all just floating. They don't got a boat no more. Ithora is finally able to restore the gate as Catra comes up for air, and Scorpia kind of paddles her and drags her away as Catra watches the best friend squad celebrate at the top of the gate. Uh, Mermista's actually kind of into the gate now that it's fixed. She shows interest in something other than She-Ra for the first time, and she gives Seahawk a new boat, a shiny one with gold trim, that she tells him not to set on fire. 
He's absolutely going to set it on fire. Yeah, like, my note here is this boat is definitely going to blow up in, like, the season three or four finale, I'm going to call it If it makes it that far. (laughs) If it makes it that far, I would not be shocked for him to show up with the Dragon's Daughter 5 next time. Yeah, I honestly do not remember if this boat blows up in the season one finale. I don't think it does. Even though I know that, I, I'm pretty sure I remember Seahawk being in the season one finale, but it's like, this boat is not long for this world. <laughs> Too true. <sighs> it's like when Sokka made his uh, meteor sword, where it's like, he only ever got to throw it at a guy to knock him off, and then the sword was gone forever. Yeah. Yeah. Too, too cool to use. <laughs> but um, in addition to the boat, Seahawk I... does ask Marmista for another favor, because he wants her to join the Princess Alliance. And Mermista agrees, on the spot, easy, because the Horde almost destroyed her home. And also because she's really into She-Ra. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, she's like, yeah, you have an 8-foot-tall uh, sword lady, and I want her on my side. Which, yes, everybody should want the 8-foot-tall buff sword lesbian on their side. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a good thing to want. <laughs> and then we close with Bo and Seahawk singing another song, which still isn't a shanty no matter what they tell you. Yep, <laughs> and that's my episode. I do like that. Actually, I do like that the credits kind of have like a different song based on like the episode itself. I've noticed. Yeah, that. yeah, they definitely do. the uh, The credits change all the like, time in this show, which is why I haven't used a song from this show as our closing credits. Well, to be fair, none of the episodes have gone live yet, so well, yes. But you know what I'm going to use. We already talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> We yeah, have, but it's like, yes, I also had temporarily forgotten that to you, brother. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, this show doesn't have an actual, like, normal end credits song like Owl House did. Like most shows do. It's very weird that they go to the trouble of writing new songs for pretty much every episode. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, they, they had the DreamWorks budget, so they had the money, I guess. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Hmm. Hey, I got nothing else on the episode. I don't know if you have anything I else. I do not. If not. That is the mermaid All right. episode. Alright, then I guess we will move on to Season 1, Episode 6, System Failure, which opens with a shot of a castle on a mountainside with some, like, full-on, like, Frankenstein lightning around it <laughs> that just goes off. And we see this woman with green hair baking cupcakes. I'm pretty sure she nor the other two servants ever get named in this episode. I think I remember them like listed in the credits as like just like Soda Pop or something. Uh, I don't think these people have names. Yeah, Soda Pop is the only named one. The other two do not have names. I don't know why Soda Pop gets a name. It's not like he's a legacy character because he's not. Yeah. Hmm. Who knows? I just always list him as the assistants or the servants in my notes. So that's what I'm just going to call That's fair. But but yeah, uh, a lightning strike scares her as uh, the other two assistants appear alongside her to clean up a bit of frosting that she kind of accidentally squirted out of the like frosting applicator thingy. I don't know what those things are called. It's like the the, the cone thing that you use to squirt <laughs> frosting on the stuff. And to add a glass of, I guess it's like orange soda? They mentioned later on that uh, Entrapta only drinks like fizzy drinks, so I guess it's orange soda, not orange yeah, juice. Mood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a uh, robot butler arrives to deliver the food with the servants glad that they don't have to traverse the maze that is in this castle anymore to do so, where it brings the food and drink to a girl with animated pink hair, who, as I said, we'll find out soon as it's in chapter. Like, it's not really, I'm not gonna dance around that issue, it's just, yeah, that's who she is. And she, she's performing an experiment on a triangular gemstone that she says is, like, first one's deck, 
but it goes awry immediately and infects her robots with uh, just a complete like corrupted virus kind of thing, and the robots all start trying to attack her. <laughs> And like her little like thing where she's like keeping a record, like she just has like a little like tape recorder of all her, the like the tech and magic in this world. She just has like an old like eighties tape recorder, like a talk boy or something. No idea how that happens. <laughs> just, yeah, to just uh, record her thoughts, and she's just like, uh, status update. I'm going to run now. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, after the brief credits, we join the best friend squad as they. Oh, sorry, um. <laughs> For the people who can't actually see what uh, what was just sent to me, it is a picture of Seahawks saying commit arson on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah, continuing on, we're right left off. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, we joined the best friend squad as they go saying that they're going to beat Princess Entrapta, who they know is an inventor, who knows a lot about First One's tech. And Bo's a big fan of her since he too, you know, makes his trick arrows and he like, introduces us to his new Sonic arrow that he designs. But, you know, Adora and Glimmer just laugh at how useless a Sonic arrow will be for this, <laughs> so whatever. Uh, and Yeah. Mm-hmm. He yeah. truly is the Hawkeye of the team. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> Leave the artificer alone. He'll get useful once he has all of his uh, uh uh, fuck, what are the, what are the Arthur things called? Not the invo- infusions, yeah, I was thinking invocations, but that's Warlock, yeah, infusions. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Glimmer says that Entrapta's knowledge uh, would be a great help for helping them design a bunch of weapons to fight off the Horde, so great, they're gonna use her intelligence to make weapons of mass destruction or something. <laughs> great. <laughs> But yeah, uh, they find the rock side blocking the path, and again, they skip the like, transformation sequence where they have like some shots of it, but not the whole thing, so I'm not going to count it when they get to the last part later on anyway. And Adora just like busts on through despite Bo's claims that she could have made an even worse rock slide by just kicking the shit out of a bunch of rocks. <laughs> And yeah, uh, Glimmer then sees that the castle's distress beacon is on despite no horde activity in the area, and they start to investigate like an empty courtyard trying to figure out what's going on, and nobody's around. And like while they're just walking around, Glimmer kind of gets grabbed by like a severed robot arm, but not like grabbed to grab to the point where she gets taken away or anything. And Bo warns them that Entrapta's castle is booby trapped. Which I don't know if I don't remember if they say it here, but apparently this castle is called Drill, like D R. Y L. Yeah. I, I thought it was drill like the word, but yeah. Yeah, drill is the name of her kingdom for reasons. I don't know yeah. why. Because I, I think she, I think she mentions that there's a mine underneath the castle or something. That's true. I mean, she's also in the tech, so drill makes sense. Well, it's not like she named the place. <laughs> yeah, true. But yeah, who knows. I mean, if we're getting into this, it's like, why does everybody have a name that perfectly encapsulates who they are? It's like, that's that's thinking too much <laughs> into this. It's called Drill because it's a tech place and they have a mine. <laughs> that's the only reason. Well, I mean, the real yeah. answer is it's called Drill because that's what our kingdom was called in the original series, but... True, yeah. <laughs> but then they adapted it to be better fit where she's now a tech person and makes her own yeah. and stuff. And there's a mine. <laughs> But yeah, they hear a pretty loud sound, and they just decide to just fuck it and book it and run from it. 
and come across a partially destroyed robot, which the door just kicks away before Bo finishes off of an arrow. Again, he's able to shoot arrows at people or robots as long as they're not like kill shots, I guess, even though he's killing robots. <laughs> Bo says robots are not people. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Adora and Glimmer fall into a cage. Uh, wait, uh, nope, I didn't get jumped ahead of it. Uh, Adora and Glimmer run off to try to bust down a locked door, but fall into a very obvious trap door underneath them, and then fall into a cage, <laughs> as Bo is grabbed behind, from behind by someone. Glimmer tries to teleport them out of the cage, but after a few close calls of other traps, <laughs> because they're just teleporting around at random, they finally find the place where they can not die immediately, and decide to stop teleporting in this obviously death trap castle. <laughs> But at that, a shadowy tall figure pops out of an event before them, and when that person walks into the light, it's the same picture girl. It's Entrapta, and Glimmer identifies her as such. And Entrapta kind of lately welcomes to the grill and explains that things aren't usually this deadly. They would definitely help them. <laughs> but yeah, uh, continuing on, the servants from earlier are the ones that had rescued Bo, and tell him that the robots are alerted by sound, and that they have resolved to just hide out in the kitchen for months until the robots maybe run out of power. Not a great plan. You don't have a bathroom in the kitchen. <laughs> also, you don't have beds. <laughs> Not gonna be a great time. But yeah, uh, Bo's tracker pad from, I don't think this has shown up since like episode 1 and 2, I don't think it's been around for a bit. But it uh, alerts him to incoming robots, because he can just see their signatures on it. And he prepares to fight them off as Entrapta navigates the labyrinth design of the castle for Adora and Glimmer's sake. But she admits that her electronic map is also corrupted, so they're definitely just lost, because she doesn't actually really remember the way herself. <laughs> and then she explains about the robots being sound activated and demonstrates it by just clapping loudly, which alerts a corridor cleaning robot. It's, it's kind of just like a street sweeper before a corridor. It's weird. <laughs> and the robot just starts screaming for some reason, which hurts Adora. Which they'll find out later is because like Adora's sword is obviously first tech, and the robots are affected by first tech stuff at the moment, so that's why they're able to do that, I suppose. And Trata jumps onto the robot to try to record her findings about it trying to communicate. But immediately gets her hair stuck in the cleaning brushes, and is surely going to die. But Adora jumps on the robot to just bust it up with her sword. But as she's smacking it with the sword, her sword starts to get corrupted too because she's hitting it right in the corrupted part. <laughs> and the sword being corrupted starts to drive her a bit berserk until Glimmer grabs the sword and tosses it away, which makes Adora just pass out and turn back into normal. <laughs> Uh, back with the servants, Bo put the plan to action to trip up the robots into the oven, but only one of them apparently, and disables another one with an arrow, but can't stop the third from advancing on the chef, since all he has left is a sonic arrow and doesn't want to alert more robots. Reasonable. But, the, yeah, but the uh, apparently one of the servants has decided to hide in the fucking cabinet and say fuck everybody else, <laughs> but she opens up the door to smack it into the robot to break it, at which point the they all decide, fuck this, let's get out of this room, because obviously we should not be boxed into a corner. But back over with the princesses, Adora's still out cold from her sword's partial corrupting, and Entrapta wants to know how it works. I'm pointing to Adora, not the sword, and Glimmer gets annoyed saying that she's not an it. Glimmer, I know that Adora uses she her pronouns, but you also don't know if she might be considering it hits. You should ask Adora herself, <laughs> rather than making assumptions. 
and Entrapta just fully wants to dissect Adora to learn more about what's going on with her. So I'm just channeling Principal Bump a bit here. <laughs> but Glimmer says that they should just destroy the first one's deck from earlier, with Entrapta finally deciding to admit that the experiment was a failure and it's probably the best course of action. Can we talk about Entrapta for a mm -hmm. moment here? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know me, I'm generally kind of hesitant to accept subjects outside the show as canon, but um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to talk about a lot of this because they're very clearly the show designer Ray Geiger, he's the same person who designed uh, Perfuma we talked about last episode, he intended Perfuma mm -hmm. to be trans um, according to Ray Geiger, uh, Entrapta's like 30 <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> what? And so, like, between her, um... See, I can buy Seahawk being 30. <laughs> I am not reading Trapped as anything other than, like, 14. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> she is apparently the oldest of the main cast. Jesus. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh... Huh. It has been stated that she is neurodivergent, although how exactly has not been like specifically me yeah but... i i, I definitely i definitely did get the sense uh, just from watching this episode that it's like yeah she's she's definitely a bit neurodivergent in some regard yeah, so you know just wanted to to mention these since we were talking about entrapped trying to dissect people it's uh <laughs> yep she she really seems to have difficulty viewing people as people and not machines yeah i mean especially because of like her default with pronouns about people yeah which, I mean, some people do obviously use it's it's, but I feel like that's pretty rare, like way more so than even people use they them. I think that's probably the case, yes. Yeah. Again, can't say for sure because neither of us use it it's obviously, but like, yeah, I, I feel like it's like definitely way less common. <laughs> but yeah, uh, moving on, Adora does wake up a bit, but she's just fully out of the loop, act just acting like she's just drunk the entire rest of this episode, basically. <laughs> And they head off to get to Entrapta's lab and get more lost along the way with Glimmer having to, like, basically haul Adora's ass around <laughs> as she's trying to wander off places or just, like, pass out a bit <laughs> while on her shoulder and whatnot. But they do eventually find the reinforced door that leads to the lab, which, when Entrapta tries to unlock it, just fully shocks her to the point where we see her skeleton, so she's dead as well. Rip. <laughs> we lost Adora and Entrapta in these two episodes. They will be missed. <laughs> But yeah, Glimmer just wants to teleport them in, but, well, she does herself first, but she immediately teleports back out because there's, unsurprisingly, a lot of robots inside the lab where the first one's tech is, and uh, just tried to kill her immediately. And while they're outside the lab, just even more robots appear before them, so not great. <laughs> Yeah, but going back over with Bo and the servants, uh, they get attacked by another robot that grabs Bo, and the the servant girl that hid inside the cabinet just fully decapitated him with the dinner plate, because, like, <laughs> Bo had given them, like, a pep talk about them being more than just servants and regular people, even though they don't have powers at the same time. So, yeah, they, they've apparently uh, all taken class levels now at this point and can actually fight yeah. <laughs> just from that motivational speech. These robots are so bad 
Yeah, they don't take hits at all. <laughs> I mean, they, they just immediately get killed by like stuff like just shooting frosting at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, frosting and later on... Soda. Uh, Which, soda makes sense, at least. It is a liquid. <laughs> yeah, I, I, to some degree, I guess. But this is supposed to be like super advanced, like... Entrapped like, robots see ro are naturally powered by first one's tech. That's why they're able to be corrupted yeah. by this drive. So, if first one's tech is as good as everyone says it is, I would think that Soda would not turn it off. Yeah, I mean, like they definitely do, like kind of sell it as like these robots are even more advanced than like the drones that the Horde has, yeah. and yet <laughs> we see them get their asses kicked so effortlessly. <laughs> But yeah, uh, we digress. Uh, they do find Glimmer's teleportation signature on the tracker pad, and Bo, again, like I said earlier, he convinces them to come help with him despite their lack of powers and get, get them all class levels, and I guess Bo also has like a level of, or I guess two levels of Bard to give uh, Bardic Inspiration to them all or <laughs> something. But yeah, the, the princesses, meanwhile, are running from the robots, and Entrapta suggests that they use an air duct to get into the lab, but they eventually do get cornered, and Glimmer says that she doesn't have the energy to teleport them all, um, at least without somebody leaving their legs behind, which brings up a genuinely funny joke here, which is also kind of dark, where Entrapta just takes out a knife and offers up one of her legs if Glimmer will do the same. Um, <laughs> hmm, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. interesting. I think we're going to have to talk a little more about Classic Entrapta. <laughs> okay. Uh, classic Entrapta had four prosthetic limbs. She was quadriplegic, oh. but she had designed her own robot limbs. So I feel like this is a nod to that insofar as... <laughs> yeah, like prosthetic yeah, exactly. legs. <laughs> huh. Didn't know that, but yeah, it's it's again like I, without even that knowledge, it's like it's still a pretty like weirdly funny but also dark joke to have here, where she just pulls out a knife and is ready to cut off her own leg, <laughs> as long as somebody else promises her to do the with same. With a knife, even not with the sword. <laughs> yeah, no, not with a sword, not with like a like bone saw or anything. It's just a fucking knife. <laughs> like it kind of looks more like a scalpel than anything. <laughs> Which you don't use to cut through bone. <laughs> but yeah, they don't have to do that because the servants and Bo arrive to fight out the robots with a variety of kitchenware, and I guess it's like a flower grenade? It's like, I guess it's just a bag of flour or something they tossed to make a spoke grenade, like a spoke field kind of effect, <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, uh, Glimmer explains to Bo that the situation with the corrupted first one's tech and also why a door is all loopy, and after they enter the lab through a vent, uh, they try to like make a plan of how to actually approach this, but Adora just runs up to the robots with because she's just out of the loop and everything is acting goofy. <laughs> and Bo and Entrapta try to get to the disc while the servants help Glimmer and Adora, who like just like are hiding out on like a like just like a plinth or something. But even after pulling the power conduit out, the disc is now just powering itself instead and doesn't need the electricity, I guess. <laughs> so. Entrapta decides, like, as a robots descend upon the two of them, Entrapta pulls them away for hair, and Bo gets the idea to fire the sonic arrow at the disc to make the robots attack it instead, since they're alerted by sound. Reasonable. And somehow, 
somehow despite them having like fucking magic and everything, it's the robots of all things that can break through the weird like meat protective corrupting shield that is around the disc. <laughs> Who knows? The robots are very strong just in this one regard and no other regard. The, uh, the disc yeah. is weak to itself, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like dragon type. Yeah. <laughs> for the longest time, only one, only well, I guess it was also weak to ice for the longest time before fairy. But yeah, but yeah, like basically that happens and uh, they break it and it stops the robots from going crazy. <laughs> and Entrapta and the servants just immediately gladly offer to join the rebellion. And as they leave, Glimmer and Adora admit that they can't always rely on their powers, much like as Bo was trying to like claim earlier with Adora bashing up the rocks and stuff. And Adora is a little concerned about how Shiro can just easily kind of get sick like that because of the like corrupted data disk mm -hmm. and everything. But they do assure her that it's been fully destroyed. Only for the ending shot to be entrapped or resolving to repair the disk and use what she's learned to ensure her next experiment if it succeeds instead. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Definitely nothing to be concerned about. Yeah, yeah. I'll say one thing for Entrapta, yep. she sure doesn't give up. Nope. She doesn't let stuff like morals and failure get in the way. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all I have on this episode. Uh, I, I definitely do notice that our synopses of these episodes tend to go a bit faster than Owl House, in a sense. That is true. Um, I think on some level, like, I'm just definitely not going as much into detail as I used to. Because when yeah. we were doing the Owl House, I was essentially like repeating every line and having something to say on it and i'm, I'm more summarizing yeah, conversations I mean, now the, the difference here i feel is also like this is like still early in season one of this show when it's like still introducing like characters and whatnot compared to i mean early on in owl house like we were kind of doing the same for like the first few episodes mm -hmm. like it was really like when we like got introduced to emily gus and willow obviously that thing started popping off, and then when we got the context with the curse and whatnot, That's fair. and then and then we got introduced a little fright after. But like episode six, it was like kind of short, and then episode eight and nine and ten were also a bit lighter as well. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely a case of like yeah, like when we also think about like the last couple of weeks, it's like yeah, we're still in the early bits of Shira compared to how fucking crazy Owl House got throughout all of season two. <laughs> but also they had way less. Uh, episodes to do, so they had to cover a lot more, a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's all I really have on that episode, if you have anything else. I do not. Would you like to hit up classic characters? Okay. Uh, well, we don't introduce to a ton of new characters in these episodes. It's basically Entrapta, Seahawk, and Mermista. Uh, we mm -hmm. are introduced to Scorpia for the first time, but I sent you that image last time, so we're we're gonna give her a pass because we already talked about how old Scorpia was just a regular human lady in a swimsuit. Oh yeah, yep, she definitely was. She did have a tail at least, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so since we talked about it a little already, uh, let's start with Entrapta. Uh, you can see here that uh, her limbs are made of gold. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you said you said that she does have prosthetics, so yeah. Prosthetics and the highest collar known to man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, in the previous show, Entrapta was straight up evil. She worked for Hordak. <laughs> well, I mean, not not to spoil things from this show, but I definitely remember that she does work with the Horde later on <laughs> in this one season. God, there's like really no female character in the original run of the show that did not just have fucking boob armor, huh? <laughs> uh, well, um, I'm it up, but I'm only just now realizing here's that. Here's Mermista, who kind of has boob armor insofar as it's more of a seashell bra, so. Yeah, but it's like it's really just like the bra itself. There's no like there's no clothes above the boob line. Mermista is also <laughs> like, a generic white lady because everyone in this show is. Yeah, back then. <laughs> Her mermaid is a lot more, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's a lot more stereotypical mermaid, I feel. She's got a kind of a, yeah. a real sporty thing going on in the new show, and that's just not present at all here. Right, yeah. I mean, like I said, like every character in the original show were like, you know, supermodel outfits yeah. and stuff compared to more functionality in the modern show. Okay, well, you say that. But have a look at muscle-bound hunk Seahawk. <laughs> he has a fucking like laser rapier. Yeah, yeah, he has a lightsaber. <laughs> that's just a light. That's just a lightsaber, but the the hilt is a rapier. It's not even a cutlass. It's just a rapier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is a hulking dude, probably in his early thirties, mm -hmm. with just the reddest hair you can imagine. Well, I mean. I mean, again, that's like how, like, every lady has boob armor and stuff in the original show. Like, every dude is just a, a fucking yoke-as-fuck guy. Yeah, he could give He-Man a run for his money, for sure. The only yeah. real difference is the ascot. <laughs> um, but there is one more thing we should talk about with regards to the classic show, which is that, uh, very wisely, they made a significant change from the old show to this one. Which is that um, Seahawk was Adora's love interest back in the day. Oh, great. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was never a big deal. Like, it was a kid's action show, you know? They didn't focus on the romance, but... Uh... Mm -hmm. Yes, I am glad that Adora yeah, does not date Seahawk. <laughs> yeah. I'm also now noticing that Silverwind was way less unicorn and Pegasus. Back oh, yes. Then. Uh, Swiftwind was not a Pegasus <laughs> at all. <laughs> Did I say Silverwind again? Afraid so, yeah. I think I did. Yeah, God. I, keep, I guess, I don't know, I keep thinking, I, get, I guess I keep getting mixed up because I keep thinking of a variant of Nargakuga from Monster Hunter called Swiftwind, or uh, Silverwind Nargakuga. Isn't that also a Pokemon move? <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Silverwind is a bug-type move that might increase all your stats. <laughs> But yeah, no, I was thinking more along the lines of uh, the Nargakuga variants, which I don't know. Silver Wind Nargakuga was not a nice born, and probably, it, well, I guess it could also, it could be in a Sunbreak when it releases later this month, but like it hasn't been in a game since I think uh, Generations Ultimate. <laughs> then again, there were like a hundred monsters in Generations Ultimate, because it was just like the best of old Monster Hunter in one game. <laughs> But yeah, no, I keep I keep getting mixed up, and I will continue to fuck it up. I think that's reasonable. But yeah, um, I think that's basically everything we need to cover. Re the old show because none of this really is going to be tied into the plot in any way. So I'm just giving you uh, insight <laughs> into the designs they chose. Yeah, it's uh yeah. And also a picture of v Seahawk very fighting different. an octopus. 
<laughs> you say an octopus. That's a lady with tentacle arms. Her name is Octavia. She's an that... octopus. <laughs> she's a person that has an octopus theme. I don't think she's an octopus. You know how this show works. <laughs> She she's not Marina from Splatoon, where she is an octopus that can also just be a person. <laughs> like that is a person that has like vine tentacles holding swords. <laughs> I feel like but so yeah. Octavia is not in the modern show, but I feel like her design is uh, significant in the way they designed a lot of the fish people in the bar because she's got those same mm -hmm. ear fins and the green skin. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty similar. Like, maybe they, like, drew inspiration from Octavia, even if they weren't going to put Octavia yeah, in the Yeah, that's my thought, at least. Show. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's what I got for you today. <laughs> yep. Alright. I have a few bits of trivia in general. It's really just voice actors, but, like, a little neat thing about system failure in general. But, yeah. So, unfortunately, the voice actors are really not at all prolific for Scorpia, Marissa, nor Entrapta, which is interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Scorpio's VA is Lauren Ash, who has again like some pretty minor credits besides th like playing Dina Fox on Superstore, which I think was a fucking comedy oh, show yeah. about people working in a big store. Yeah, that was yeah, uh, I, I, NBC I comedy, one of the more popular ones. Oh really? In so okay. far as it I ran for like ten seasons. Oh dang! I, I remember seeing like a trailer for it before it aired, and I was like, "This seems like this will be around for like two seasons." I didn't realize it was around for ten. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she was also Mindy in Paul Blart too. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th those are like the two like significant credits I could see for Lauren S because I didn't really like recognize any of the shows. <laughs> but yes, uh, Mermissa's voice actress is Vela Lavelle who, again, isn't in much besides playing Heather Davis in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Again, that was the only show I recognized, <laughs> based on her credits. And Entrapta's VA is Christine Woods, who played Dawn Lerner in Season 5 of The Walking Dead. I guess she was only in three episodes, so I presume, much like most of all the characters in Walking Dead, she was introduced just to die, much like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I also had for her, because again, pretty not prolific actors this week for these two episodes. <laughs> But, uh, interestingly enough, System Failure is the first episode to not feature Adora as the first character introduced, and is also the first episode where both Catra and Bright Moon do not appear at all. Admittedly, we are only six episodes in, but it was, like, still interesting that it's like, oh, this episode actually has, like, a few credits to its name that, like, no other episode has yet. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's that's something, at least. <laughs> yep. But yeah, that's all I had. There's really, like we mentioned earlier between the two of us <laughs> before we were recording a few hours ago, we were like, dang, these episodes trivia sucks because nobody on that edits the wiki is really adding any real trivia about <laughs> these episodes like Owl House yeah, got. Yeah, honestly, I think we have the, more the, trivia about this show than the wiki does. Yeah. But also, I feel like that's also just the nature of the show. Like, they're not hiding in as many, like, goofs and stuff like that. Like, they're hiding in, like, a few references to the original mm -hmm. show, but they're not, like... They're not doing stuff like hiding, like, swords from, like, another show in it or something. Or, like, having, like, oh, there's the Calamity box from Amphibia in our yeah. house. It's a little joke because Matt Braley and Dana Terrace are friends. Now, I mean, I would be pretty freaked out if the Calamity box was in She-Ra, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, in a, I mean, the Calamity box, I guess, would have also... It would have only been introduced a year before Amphibia started because Amphibia started in 2019. 
So it wouldn't be too far out <laughs> if they were teasing that there, but it's also that it would be a DreamWorks show advertising a Disney show. <laughs> so yeah, mm. obviously not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, not a whole lot. And like like I said, we don't have any fucking transformation reuse corner here this week because they did not actually reuse them fully. I can't believe they foiled you like this. It's amazing. Exactly. This show that started airing four years ago, how dare it <laughs> fuck me retroactively. <laughs> yeah, nah, uh, I mean, I think we have some That's questions true, at we least, do. right? Well, if you have questions for us, you can send them to at usweirdoscast on twitter.com and usweirdos at gmail.com. And I don't really know why I've developed that cadence when I say it, but I kind of dig it, so... <laughs> um. <laughs> Not, not that anything's really come down the pipeline of the email for the longest That's time. That's fair. It's going to happen. You know how it is. Um, mm -hmm. So we have several questions from Aurora Borealis at Casey Cosmos. Uh, what robot sidekick would you have created to help you in your endeavors? I feel like a robot monkey would be useful. Because, like, monkeys can grab stuff easily because they actually have, like, a puzzle of thumbs and whatnot. So they could, like, go and grab stuff, like, chips and whatnot that I don't want to get up off my ass to get myself. <laughs> um, but also, ha also having, like, a little, like, robot version of, like, a pseudo-dragon familiar from D&D would also be pretty easy because it's just a robot dragon that hangs out on your shoulder. That's... <laughs> I guess the, the, the robot monkey would be doing the same, but there's a difference between a robot and a monkey and a robot dragon, and that's one is a dragon. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I can't help but feel like robots are heavy and I wouldn't want one on my shoulder. <laughs> this is also true. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good call. I was thinking probably maybe something that could use a vacuum because I'm bad at doing that. But... <laughs> Your robot sidekick is a Roomba. Yeah, you could go get that if you really wanted to. Let me get a Roomba with like off-road wheels <laughs> so it can come with me on walks and we're good. <laughs> Roomba, I, re I refuse to walk down this hiking trail. It is too dirty. Clean it for me. <laughs> I just want to put it on a leash. Walk it around like a pet. <laughs> I don't think you can really ne uh, direct a Roomba with where it goes. It's, it's basically follows a pattern, right? Based on sensors. Uh, I mean, Roombas <laughs> just kind of free roam until they hit something, so yeah. Yeah. And eventually, I'm like, the fancy ones can eventually make a map of your, like, living space mm -hmm. and where everything is, but I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I want a free roamer. <laughs> Some say that Roomba still runs the world to this day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also from KC, uh, did Seahawk crash the boat into the Panama Canal? Uh, yeah, she, she means the, uh, the, the big freighter, right? That got stuck in the, I don't think it was not the Panama Canal. No, that canal. was the Suez. I think it was a different canal, right? Yeah, the Ever Given crashed into the Suez Canal and got stuck for entirely too long and was very, very funny. Uh, I do not know yeah. anything about a boat crash in the Panama Canal, so it's reasonable to I, assume I, that that I, was I, Seahawk, yes. Yeah, I, 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 feel, I feel like Aurora is referring to the Suez Canal one. But yes, that would totally be Seahawk. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. It, it wasn't dramatic mm -hmm. enough for a Seahawk. He... 
this is true. It was not on fire, but it was stuck for like way too long. <laughs> okay, I will give you this. The Ever Given was Seahawk if he was on board, actively resisting any attempt to free the boat the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, and finally, uh, what's a cool fish? Mm, Lanternfish? Just because they have the little, like, lantern thing, and they also will entirely fuck up little fish, I guess. <laughs> um, that's fair. I am a big fan of the mandarin fish because it is truly wild looking. <laughs> it's just this. Oh! <laughs> hyper blue, orange gold color thing. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like channeling somewhere between like a goldfish and a uh, like a like a like a clownfish or something like that, and doesn't know which one it wants to go for more. It's a clownfish. If a clownfish was a juggalo. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm trying to think of like other fish. Uh, hang on, Google. What are cool <laughs> fish? <laughs> what are cool fish? <laughs> Why do they keep eating this? Hmm. I, uh, I, it's not showing a name for it, but I gotta find the name of this fish now. Hang <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, archer fish are also uh, good because they shoot water out of their mouths. Oh yeah, and shoot yeah. Down bugs. That's great. I love those guys. Yeah, archer, archer fish are neat. Because mm -hmm. they're like, the, yeah, they are the only fish that does that. I think that, so. Right? Yeah. There might be subspecies yeah, of archer right. fish, but if there are, I don't know about them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I also do just like those like little like miniature like aquarium sharks that you can get like the little guys <laughs> like the really tiny ones i don't know what particularly they're called but like they are definitely like oh yeah that's technically a shark <laughs> it's just a little dude <laughs> okay uh flower horn chichilid chichilid kiklid i don't know how to pronounce that hang on i will show you this picture because i remembered what this fish looked like as soon as i saw its picture but i did not know the name of it <laughs> okay oh hey What's up with that guy? <laughs> yeah, that, that fish has a pompadour. <laughs> I read that or a tumor in its brain. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's something wild going on there. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they live up to be like 12 years old. Nice. Hmm. That's, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the questions we have. Thank you so much, Aurora. Um... Honestly, I don't think I have anything else left to left to cover. Do you? <laughs> no, I think that's everything for these two. That's so weird. This app isn't even two hours long. Yeah, but I mean, like, we also had, like, a very weird lead-in to the episodes. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's also a case of, like, like I said, like, we have been pre-recording these in advance, like, every, like, three or four days for, like, two weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> like, we obviously we did, like, the usual, like, Owl House episode, which went live and everything, but, like, we have been recording, like, on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and in this case, Sunday, <laughs> like, for two, two, a week and a half, basically, so it's like, yeah, we have been doing these episodes, like, kind of back-to-back -back in a sense, so it's like, feel like we're like a, i wouldn't say like burned out of it but like we're definitely like yeah you know kind of looking forward to that break we're gonna have for like two weeks <laughs> because it'll give us plenty of time to find stuff to talk about 
All right. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have plenty of stories to tell after I come back from going to another city for a Pride Parade, so... Oh, yeah. I mean, you're also going to uh, be dealing with your family for like two, uh, for like a week there. I mean, yes, but I'm going to be real with you. I'm not going to tell you stories about living with my family for a week. Fair. <laughs> that's just not... <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, like... Yeah. What am I going to tell you? That I had to hide my vibrators? Yeah. You already know I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone, I don't think we had established that, but it's like, yeah, I can't, can't deny that that's probably the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know. I, I, was, I mean, I was going to say that, like, uh, obviously everybody has, like, different levels of comfort with what they talk about with their families and stuff, or how much they talk about them on the show and whatnot. Hey, listen, I'm the show is fair game. Anything goes on the show. Yeah. <laughs> that is not the case with my family. <laughs> I mean, yes, there are definitely things I've not told my family ever about this stuff, like the fact that I now put my adjustment in my butt, <laughs> which is like a different, which is a weird thing to try their parts about. <laughs> but also, it wouldn't take too long for you to find out uh, that trans people probably put it in their butt because everybody, like they all do, basically. Yeah, that's fair. That's what everybody knows. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously, like, some progesterone you can't, but most people are like, oh, yeah, you definitely put that in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, on that uh, wonderful butt-filled note, I think there's not much left. <laughs> we, we brought up butt stuff, and Holly's not even here. <laughs> uh, well, we caught the butt's disease. Um, yeah, I think we'll probably take it to the close, I think, uh, if I can stop being flustered about butt stuff. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay so this is the last one recording for a while but until next time remember us weirdos have, have to stick, stick together, together. bye, bye. 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 bye.